Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Um, so we're going to turn to the book of 1 Chronicles, uh, chapter 17, verses 1 to 14 here this morning. So it's 1 Chronicles 17, verses 1 to 14. And uh, legend up the back, Jeffrey Shabai is going to get that up on the screen. And I am reading from the New King James Version here this morning. So if you want to turn there in your phone Bible, physical Bible. Does anyone still bring a physical Bible to church? <laughs> yes, my man on the back. That is so good. I love that. I love it. Um, so, yeah, so 1 Chronicles chapter 17, verses 1 to 14. It says this, it says, Now it came to pass when David was dwelling in his house that David said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord is under tent curtains. Then Nathan said to David, Do all that is in your heart, for God is with you. But it happened that night that the word of God came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord. Does anyone struggle to say thus, or is it just me? <laughs> like, whenever I read that, I'm like, uh, Yeah, I don't really know. So if I stumble on the word thus, uh, pray for me. Um, thus says the Lord, You shall not build me a house to dwell in. For I have not dwelt in a house since the time that I brought up Israel, even to this day. For I've gone from tent to tent and from one tabernacle to another. Wherever I have moved about with all Israel, have I ever spoken a word to any of the judges of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, thus say the Lord of hosts, there it is, like twice in like two sentences. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold, from following the sheep to be ruler over my people Israel. And if you know anything about the story of David and, and how he came into leadership and who he was as a young boy, that, those two passages there are, are so powerful because uh, his story is just incredible. And I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I've cut off all your enemies from before you, and have made you a name like the name of the great men who are on the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. Nor shall the signs of wickedness oppress them any more as previously. Since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, also I will subdue all your enemies. Furthermore, I tell you that the Lord will build you a house. And we're getting to the, the end of this passage here. Verse 11, And it shall be, when your days are fulfilled, when you must go to be with your fathers, that I will set up your seed after you, who will be of your sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build me a house and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father and he shall be my son. And I will not take my mercy away from him as, he, as I took it from him who was before you. And I will establish him in my house and in my kingdom forever. And his throne shall be established forever. So here in this verse, we see David get a heart for the house. We see David have a heart to build God's temple. He has a heart to build God's temple. 
Why? Well, because he knew that there was something special about God's house. David had had some kind of encounter surely before that moment because why else would he have been so willing and and have had the heart to pray that kind of prayer to God? We had had that encounter, as I mentioned before. His story is incredible and I encourage you to go back in the Bible and read more about him. But essentially here in this moment, we see him having this conversation with the prophet Nathan about building a permanent temple. And so this morning, um, as we, you know, stand here in a permanent place of worship, um, you know, you can't pick up this structure and move it down the road. <laughs> I don't think that's really going to happen. I'm pretty sure it's, it's the foundations are laid and uh, it's here it is. Um, I actually wanted to show, uh, show you the legacy of some of the people that went before us in this church. Um, as for years, we have been here in a permanent building. And so I wanted to show you a few photos, Um, my man Jeffrey will will throw them up, um, of our church actually being built. Um, So this this photo, um, this is Pastor Kathy, and Pastor Claire can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's Nathan on the right and Andrew on the left, potentially. We're still clarifying that. Um, Well, there's a lot of bricks, right? A lot of bricks that this man right here in the the fourth row on this side, John Lodesman, laid in this church. Yeah, come on, can we give him a hand? It's amazing. And so let's uh, flick through a few more photos here. As we go to the next one, there's a few more photos. Um, It's, there you see, there's there's no roof. You've heard um, Pastor Andrew talk before about uh, the first time they worshipped here uh, in this building, there was no roof. Uh, which is quite incredible. You can see the church structure being built. Um, this is the same church that we sit in here right now on this Sunday morning. Hasn't changed. This was almost 40 years ago um, when this started construction. Go over the next photo. The boys pouring some concrete. Love a good tradie photo. It's always good for the Southwest Sydney when we're all made up of tradies. Uh, over the next one. Uh, I love this. Um, this is actually a quote, uh, well, it's a quote um, from Pastor Adrian who prayed this over John and Judy Lodesman. Um, next photo again, as you can see, being built. And uh, here, I believe, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is kind of where we are right now in the steps of the church. Would that be right, Matt? Yeah, sweet. So I wanted to uh, quickly tell you a sub story before we go into David. Um, about uh, John Lodesman. I was reading, Pastor Ken actually sent me some photos uh, from a book uh, this this week. Um, and um, I forget the name of the book, but it's a, there you go. Um, it's a book, uh, you know, it tells the, the story of this church and the history of this church being built. Um, and I was reading a story that Judy Lodesman wrote. And um, she tells this story about um, how I think you guys were nearly married um, at the time when the church was starting to get built. Um, and John felt the call on his life to, to lay bricks, to, to just help build, build the church. And um, he, at that time, he was just taking a wage from whatever the church could afford to give him at the time. I'm sure he wasn't getting paid, you know, top dollar. This was a church being completely built out of people coming together and, and tithing and being generous. Um, and we stand here today in, in a church where, um, where, you know, John laid bricks in. I think that's, that's quite incredible. Seven, seven months. Wow, laid bricks for seven months. And I think it was over 100,000 bricks you mentioned as well. That's incredible. And so I wanted to just give you an idea about the room that we stand in today. 
about the legacy that we are standing in from the people that went before us. What a legacy those who laid the foundation for this church have left. Um, and that story that Judy shares in that book, um, as I was thinking here today about, you know, um, actually in that book it also mentions how they were praying for, for a lot of time before they even started to lay the foundation and lay the first bricks here. Um, and I was thinking, the spiritual foundations were laid long before the physical foundations. The spiritual foundations were laid long before the physical foundations. And I think there's something powerful about that. And I was thinking as I was preparing for this message, you know, how many times have we wanted God to do something in our life? And, you know, whether it's something in our job, whether we're, we're hoping for God to sort an issue out in our job or maybe it's something in our family, maybe we're praying for healing in something. I was thinking, how many times have we hoped that God was gonna do something but we haven't actually gone to His Word or we haven't actually gone to prayer to first sort it out or to first get our heart right to see what God actually wants to say about the situation. Because you see, long before God can actually move, we've got to lay the spiritual foundations in our own heart first. Now, yes, thank you. Now, yes, um, of course, salvation, we know the Holy Spirit can come at any time and can convict us and um, can, can give us the revelation of who God is. But in moments in our life where we're asking for God to move, it's my question here this morning, are we in our Word? Are we a praying person? Are we a praying church? Are we spending time with God and actually seeing what He has to say about that situation? And so in order to fully understand the significance of this moment uh, back in this passage of Scripture, uh, we actually have to know a bit of the history of God's temple in Israel. And so... This moment here where David in 1 Chronicles is, um, is speaking to God and speaking to Nathan the prophet, um, actually 400 years before that was when the original idea for the temple first began. And um, it began under the leadership, under Israel's leadership of a man named Moses. So we've all heard of Moses before. So scholars estimate uh, that around the time of 1440 BC, which is about three and a half thousand years ago from today, which is a long time ago, uh, Moses was spending time with God on Mount Sinai. And God actually gave Moses the word to set up the tabernacle of meeting. This was the first church, so to speak. This was the first place where corporate worship in Israel could take place under the tabernacle of meeting. And it was funny, actually, um, culturally at that time, things were so different. And the main way that they would worship God in those times was to bring sacrifices before God on the altar. Um, and so what they would do, uh, Israel, they would bring oil, they would bring bread, they would bring animals before God on the altar. I mean, can you imagine here today, like Tristan coming down from his property, chucking a sheep in the back of his ute and laying it down here on the altar. I mean, you think the guy was like insane, right? Like you'd be like, what's going on here? But culturally back then, that was what was happening at the time. That's the way people actually worshipped God. Now, moving forward, um, Israel goes from place to place, worshipping God in tents um, throughout the Old Testament. Fast forward 400 years from the moment that Moses has with God. And the temple then graduates into David's tabernacle where we see worship being played. For the very first time, we see music being played in the house of God. The very first time. It's no longer oil and bread and animals being you know, put on the altar before God. There's music being played. It's the first uh, recollection we have of praise and worship in the Bible. 
And I mean, how incredible is it that some 3,000 years later today that here we are singing praise and worship in God's church? See, David had a heart way, way back then, 3,000 years ago. He started praise and worship essentially with his team leading Israel. And we are living literally in the legacy of David. We are literally living in the legacy of David, which I think is quite incredible. So we find ourselves here in this story and David, he, he prays a bold prayer to God. He says, God, for so many years, we've been going from tent to tent, place to place. We've been moving from city to city, taking nation to nation, but we've never really had a permanent place to worship you. So David has an idea. He gets a vision and he prays to God and he gets ready to build a permanent temple. But what David doesn't realise at the time is that he is simply sowing a seed. He's simply sowing a seed. And so what's funny in verse two is that the prophet Nathan backs him up at the time when, when David first has the idea to build the temple, the prophet Nathan says, well, do all that is in your heart for God is with you, which is an awesome passage of scripture and that will apply to so many areas of your life. But God actually interrupts later on in this passage and he says essentially to David, because it's in your heart, I'm gonna make it happen, but it's not actually gonna happen under your leadership. It's gonna happen in the people after you. It's gonna happen, as a matter of fact, in one of your sons. One of your sons is gonna go on to lead Israel and the legacy that you've built is gonna be carried on by him. I mean, what a beautiful picture that is. What a beautiful picture that God is trying to show us through that passage of Scripture, that here today, we have the chance to leave a legacy. We have a chance to sow the seed, to sow a seed for the future. And I don't know about you, but when I hear that, that that gets me excited, that, that gets me pumped. I'm like, you know, God, I'm in. Like, here I am, send me. Like, I wanna be a part of leaving a legacy for this youth ministry, for the kids in our church, for the young adults in our church. You know, I wanna sit under the legacy of someone like Pastor Ken, who has been in this church for many years. I wanna sit under his authority and know what he has to say about certain things. And then one day, you know, as, as, I, as I lead um, the, young, the young men in our youth, I want to be able to say that I've left a legacy for them to pick up. I want to let, leave a legacy for them to pick up. And so we must understand here through this passage of Scripture that God is calling us to devote ourselves to Him, not just for our sake, but for the sake of those who will come after us, for the sake of those who are yet to come through these doors in this church. Do you know that the health and the future of this church. It's up to us. Dan and Ali can get up here and preach as many biblical messages as they possibly can. But if we don't get that message, I mean, we can hear it, but we've also got to put it to action. We've also got to go out and put it to action. Now, am I saying go stand on the corner of Mount End and Marketplace? and uh, wave your Bible in the air and demand that everyone comes to the Lord. No, I don't think that's going to work, eh? Like, I'm pretty sure that that's, uh, you're going to get a few weird looks down there. Um, but what God is, is wanting us to do, it's actually not that complicated. He just wants us to, to devote ourselves to Him. He wants us to be a devoted people, a devoted church. So how do we sow a seed for the future? 
I want to give you three things here if you're taking notes here as we, we come to the back end of this message. I want to give you three points on how we can sow a seed for the future. Number one, I'm just going to take a water break. I never know what the appropriate time for a, a water break is in the preaching. Um, but I'll give you point number one. So point number one is that we first need to understand that all good things come from God. Amen. I'll take it as an amen. We first need to understand that all good things come from God. So in 1 Chronicles 29 verses 12, a little later to this passage that we're reading about David, David's praying a prayer to God and he says this, He says, riches and honour come from you. All things obey your will. From your power comes and dominion and only your hand exalts, only your hand makes strong. Church, when we read a passage like this and we understand this, we start to see things differently. Lights start to go off in our head because we realise it's it's humbling to come before God. We've got to humble ourselves before we we approach Him. We've got to actually realise that we need God. When we realise that the world needs God, um, we realise that a lot of things that are going on in today's world, because they're, they're probably not from Him. <laughs> they're probably, whether it's, you know, people um, doing certain things or governments leading a certain way, you know, it's, it's highly likely that they're not following God's way because we know that by going into the Bible. We know that by reading history like this um, in a time where David was leading Israel and Israel prospered because of David's leadership. Now, ultimately, he prospered because of God, but God uses people to prosper nations. You know, maybe there's a a future politician here in the room. Who knows? Maybe God's going to use you in your career. Maybe God's going to use you in your family, in your marriage, to be simply devoted to Him. Because as you do that, and if we actually want to see a change in these things, we must turn to God. We first need to understand that all good things come from God. Number two, we must turn away from the things of the world and follow the ways of God. We must turn away from the things of the world and follow the ways of God. 2 Chronicles 7 verses 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I love this passage. Such a powerful passage in the Bible. And this verse is showing that God offers forgiveness to us. He he is willing to forgive. He's willing to to forgive on the basis that we humble ourselves and we we come to repentance. It's it's the basic foundation of our Christian faith. If we don't come before Him and repent for what we've done, we don't have that salvation moment, well then we've skipped a pretty huge step, right? Pretty huge step in, in, in becoming a Christian. And so... This verse here, God is calling us to humble ourselves as a church. As the band comes back up, I mean, other words, this verse is saying for us to say, God, I've put X, Y, Z before you. You know, God, I've put money before you. I've put popularity before you. I've put my career before you. Whatever it is, fear, doubt, worry, I've put that before you. And, but today... I choose to put you first. So regardless of what you've done or what you've been a part of, 
we're called to humble ourselves before God and to put Him first. Because it's when we put Him first, church, that He begins to move. It's when we are a devoted people that God begins to move in our lives. And so that brings me to my final point here this morning. And it's that in order to sow a seed for the future, we must devote ourselves to following Him. We must devote ourselves to following Him. Hebrews 4 verses 12 says, For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So how do we practically do this? How do we, how do we devote ourselves to Him? Well, you've got to sacrifice some things first, right? You've got to lay some things before God. You've got to sacrifice some things so that you can be devoted to Him. And I love this quote um, from Pastor Ali Warren. She shared this in her message two weeks ago here at Mount Annan. She said this. She said, Find yourself in undistracted devotion with an undivided heart towards God. I love that. Undistracted devotion and an undivided heart. Your church, I, I don't know about you, but the more I read the Bible, the more patient I am, the more generous I am, the more kind I am, the more hunger I have for the truth and to discover what the real truth is in this world. You know, not, not my truth, as we hear way too often these days, you know, my truth, it's, it's faulty. I can tell you a hundred different reasons why my truth doesn't work. But what does work is God's truth. What does work is His words. Why? Because His Word is living and powerful. It's not dead. It's not dormant. It's living and powerful. And when we get around it, when we get around His Word, the more I read the Bible, the more this comes off these pages into here. And the more this comes off these pages and into here, the more it comes out of here. The more all the immature young teenager Nick used to do, goes out, that wherever it goes, see you later. And the more the Bible comes into my heart and out of my mouth. The Bible says that. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so the more we read, the more we devote ourselves to Him, the more passionate I am for His people the more of a heart I have for His church and for His people. And you'll find the same. You'll find the more that you come around the Word of God, the more that you devote yourselves to Him, you'll start to realise that this thing is like bubbling up on the inside of you, that this passion is coming up on the inside of you. You'll start to realise that there's a, a fire on the inside of you that you didn't realise that you had. I still remember when I was 15 years old and I realised for the first time that God really, really loved me. Like I had a, a salvation moment before, which was pivotal in my life, but I kind of turned around and, and did my own thing for a little bit. But when I was 15 years old, I realised God's heart for me. Why? Because I started to read His Word. I started to actually find out what He has to say and what He wants to say in my life. So church, I want to invite you to stand here. See, in a moment, we're going to go back. We're going to um, sing this song, Worthy of It All. And it's such a powerful, powerful song. Because church here this morning, I believe that God wants to ask us to, to stir up 
our spirit, to bring His Spirit into us. Because 2 Timothy 1 verses 6 to 7 says this, it says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. So in just a moment, we're going to go back into singing this song, worthy of it all, and the band are going to lead us. I would encourage you, devote yourself to Him. Give it over to Him. Anything that's coming up in the week, anything that you're worried about from the past week, leave it behind you. Press on, press ahead. Come before God because He is for you. And if He is for you, then who can be against you? So church, why don't you close your eyes here in the room as I pray for us and as we go back into a time of this song. Heavenly Father, we thank You for who You are. Heavenly Father, You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our honour. God, we lift You up here in this building. Lord God, in this space where we're People went before us to leave a legacy. God, will we see that legacy that people have left? Will we see uh, and realise those who went before us and those that are to come and and realise that it is our job and our call to sow a seed for the future? Heavenly Father, we lift You up. Heavenly Father, we glorify You. We come before You in this moment. Will You stir up our spirit? Will You stir up our spirit? Will You give us a heart for our community? Will You give us a heart for our families? Will You give us a heart for the people around us? Lord, give us a heart for those who matter the most, Heavenly Father. God, we lift You up. God, we glorify You. We give You all the praise, all the honour and all the glory. Church, let's sing this morning. He's worthy of We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.